Yeah, I'd like to give a big warm welcome to the one one for uh, top jock Brad Willa. Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on board. It's uh, my pleasure, mate. You've uh, you've been in WA for just over twelve months now. Uh, how's the move going? You've obviously you uh, didn't waste any time posting a Group One victory aboard Elite Street in last year's Winterbottom. You've um, you've had a, a bad fall. You've come back, and now once again you're you're riding. Elite Street favourite for this year's Winter Bottom. How's your uh, describe your twelve months since you arrived in the West? Yeah, well, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, I guess. When you when you throw in uh, um, your broken back and um, punctured lung and whatever it was in your fall at Sunbury, but yeah, certainly when I got over here, the, uh, winning on the Elite Street last year was was you know just huge and being able to make the transition. Um, Easier to deal with, and and um, yeah, then with my family getting over and and getting getting Cleon Lucas into school, um, yeah, just it's really made um, made it so worthwhile. Just how well they've they've done at school since um, having to go through lockdown all last year was was really tough, um, tough on my wife and tough on the kids, um, and and we sort of realised that when we got here that they had fallen behind, and and uh, thank Columbus. Before they're, before they're going to, uh, yeah, they've, they've been able to be on top of uh, where they were behind, and now they've caught back up. And uh, and, and more or less, you know, family family wise, we're, we're loving it in Perth and um, enjoying the sunshine that we've got a grass day today. And uh, um, yeah, just, just just been you know a great lifestyle in, in Perth for. Um, Family. We'll come back to your move shortly, but uh, no doubt our listeners will want to know you're riding the favourite in uh, the Winterbottom Stakes on Saturday, Elite Street, a Group 1, $1 million race. Can you believe, Brad, that you're going to be potentially shooting for a 26th Group 1 victory of your career? What's uh, what's the next couple of days look like leading into uh, the Elite Street ride? Uh, yeah, I'm going to Northern today and... and yeah, you say, um, can I believe it? It still blows my mind to think um, that I've ridden 25 Group 1 winners. You know, like it's just, um, it's a like a grand final every time you're in a grand, Group 1. And, and, and when you win, you know, they're just so special. I've got a story about every Group 1 that I've ridden winner that um, why it could be the best one. You know, like I've, I've um, got a story that um, of all of them, just, you know, uh, it's, it's just what you live for in the game. and and uh, so then going into you know this, this weekend, you know obviously he's going for two in a row, and and uh, he's in such great order. Uh, Barry Gore's, you know, really probably worked out really good. Being that you know he should get his chance from ten, and and uh, you know he's, uh, but he's you know what it is, you know, at a group one, you, you never just win it. You know, you still need a lot of things to go your way, and and uh, um, yeah, so sort of my focus. I'll go to Northern today, have a couple of rides, and tomorrow to be just working out my plan and um, make sure I, I pick all my boxes going to Saturday's race. You must be supremely confident, though. I mean, you've got a tremendous association with this horse. Four rides for four wins now, including three on the trot leading into uh, Saturday. So you've you've first up. Victory in the uh, in the, what was it the Crawford? Then it was the Prince of Wales, and then the Colonel Reeves, and he's done it in different ways as well. Um, and it just feels like you've got 
you've got supreme confidence in the horse, but you've also got a tremendous understanding of how to maximise his weapons. Yeah, absolutely. We look at it. You know, the big thing with with Lloyd Street is, is um, confidence in him. And if you if you get it right, um, the running, then you just know what he's got. You know, and, and that's been sort of the secret. Even for the last time in the Prince of Wales, we were drawn drawn poorly, and um, it, it could. You know, if you if you're if you're riding to sort of make things happen and, and um you know, obviously his favourite in the race and expected to win, but if we tried to force the issue we he pretty quickly could could sort of lose his chance and it wouldn't be the best thing going forward for the um for the winner bottom. So we're just making sure that we, we got his, his his rhythm and and um and knowing that, that that was his chance to win, um all the same. So once he got that, he, he travelled beautiful for me, and and um, yeah, you've seen the end result. He, he, it was a dominant win, and um, set him up beautifully for this Saturday, and uh, hopefully we can do the same. Yeah, just touching on that that Colonel Reeves win. I mean, you just, I think you were just sort of happy just to float it in the sort of three, four wide line, a little bit of cover, but you just looked like your horse was travelling so strongly, and. Um, and it was almost as if you just you knew that you were just going to round him up as soon as you you balanced up and and slipped him an inch of rain. Must be a pretty special feeling when you know a horse has got that sort of weaponry, um, you know, under the bonnet. You've ridden some some really really good horses, champions actually. In fact, over the journey, what I know, the Elite Street's a five year old, but he's a pretty lightly raced five year old, and everything's come pretty quickly for him. But he's a winner. He's definitely WA's best sprinter. What what sort of what are you rating? What 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 opinion do you have of, of this particular horse? Yeah, well, look, he's, he's just a top class um, horse, that's for sure. Um, and you know, there's every chance we haven't seen the best of him yet. You know, mm. look, this this preparation, I think we've seen um, his race class being better, and and um, it can be the you know the difference. You know, that we, everyone can tell you about it. Horse they've had that um, had so much ability, but wasn't able to uh, get it out of them. You know, like uh, sometimes you know they're still um, every horse is different, and um, and like you and me, where we've all got our own syncrasies and so forth. So um, yeah, now he's starting to it's sort of all clicking together. I think um, to only seeing him getting better now. You know, and, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's you know we'll, we'll just we'll worry about um, getting through Saturday and uh, worry about afterwards once um, you know we've got the result that we're after on Saturday. So last year you got out of quarantine. Was it the day of the or the day before the railway stakes? And then uh, and then a week later you won the Winter Bottom, in which was pretty much a pickup ride. Brad Parnham committed to Indian Pacific. Chris Parnham committed to. Celebrity Queen and uh, Brad Willer gets locked in on Elite Street and gets the job done. Was he always your ride this prep, or did you have to did you have to uh, fight your way back to be the number one seed to to partner him this campaign? Yeah, um, I, I, it wasn't always me me ride for the prep, um, but it was once um, once I was booked for his first up um, run, then I was booked, booked towards the winner bottom and. Um, yeah, sort of. I I, I couldn't. You know, I know what I had last year, and, and although he didn't perform to his best in Melbourne, he had a couple of runs in the winter. 
that um, probably was below his best, but I know what he what horse he is, and and um, and he, especially Melbourne, like there was just a lot that went wrong for him, mm. like yep. sort of a couple of them runs. You know, you knew after hundred metres that he probably couldn't win, um, and yeah. So when I when I when I was able to Get back on into the prep. I, I just knew that um, we were getting to the winner bottom and, and, and being one of the leading chances. And um, yeah, so now bring it on for the weekend. I can't wait. Grand final day. Yeah, it's almost as if he, uh, when he went to Melbourne, a few of those jocks he just travelled so well for them that they thought he was just he was almost an on speed <laughs> on speed horse really. And then um, obviously he he can't really. That's not his preferred pattern of racing. But you seem to have that a way of getting him to begin. To settle, to stalk a hot speed, and still have so much uh, closing speed left um, for late in the race. But um, just just touching on Elite Street, did you actually ride him in track work at all, or anything late before last year's Winterbottom? Um, I, I did, but not. Um, yeah, obviously, I hadn't been here that long, and um, and I, I sort of his last galvos actually Belmont on the on the grass and. And it was—he gave me incredible feel yeah. and how he, um, as he was galloping, but late he actually did a bit um, late in, and, and um, I sort of wasn't completely sure how to gauge the gallop. Like, like I said, he gave me such great feel all, all the way up to the last hundred metres, and then he got on one rein, and um, it sort of left me a little bit not sure how to. Rate it, but when I come back and Sam Orton was just, he said that was perfect. He, he was just, you know, I just couldn't got any more confidence from, from Dan then, and I just thought, oh, we're on. And then, um, um, yeah, Julie delivered them when it went about. And I've seen, even sort of in the winter, I've, even though I didn't have the, the, the ride on him at that time, I was still riding a bit of his work. And, and um, he's, he's just always, um, I've always got along with him pretty good, you know. He's, mm. um, yeah, we sort of seem to have a good connection, which is um, half the battle. I know it's only a small sample size from from last year. Basically, it was only the second or third time you threw your leg over him when um, when you won the winter bottom on him on Elite Street. But can you sort of see any significant changes in the horse from uh, this time last year to the you know six to four favourite in Saturday's winter bottom? What what are the most noticeable things you've 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 uh, you've picked up on? That have uh, sort of furnished Elite Street into the weapon he is now. Yeah, I just think, that, like I said earlier, um, it's his racecraft. Mm-hmm. He's um, just a bit more mature mentally. Um, it's not necessarily that he's um, um, any any better a horse. Um, and certainly, you know, he's five hundred now. Like he should be, should be sort of getting near his peak. But he, he's just um, uh, easier easier to deal with, I guess. You know, like it's just. Um, he's more working for you, you know, and and mm. um, and yeah, it's you know, it's three quarters of the battle, you know. It's, it's um, to, to be able to do it two ends, both ends, you know, you've, you've got to be able to switch off. And um, I've been able to, you know, obviously work that all three runs this this prep, and and um, and that's that's when you you know see how good he is. He's um, He's the sort of horse if you give him a kick and after you've gone 20 metres, you know, just trying to find half a length, well, then he might be off, you know, and, yeah. and, um, yeah. and once he's off, then there's no getting him back. So that's that's where, um, you know, 
himself now on the horse and um, the confidence in him knowing what he's got. You know, when, when you get him in his zone, then, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, to me, he's still getting better. So have you galloped him this week leading into the winter bottom? Yeah, I rode him on Saturday morning at, um, at, at Belmont. And, um, uh, he's, he's, he's just everything. His, his preparation has just been perfect. He's just gone along kicking each, each boxer, you know, um, all the way through. And he wouldn't, wouldn't and can't have changed anything up to now. And um, now we've just got to get, get the job done on, on the weekend. Very good. Now, Brad, just let's just touch on your, I guess, your connection with Western Australia. You, you will, will definitely not remember this, but, <laughs> but I met you when I was a, a young fellow. You were, uh, I was a valet in the jockey's room and you came over in 1997 for the Apprentices' Cup to ride a horse by the name yep. of Old Cobber, a Lindsay Smith. And uh, yep. I think I might have hunted you down and even got your autograph off you, actually. <laughs> I was a bit <laughs> of a racing uh, nuffy as a, as a young fella, but um, it's, it's interesting that you came, that came over and you first sort of caught the attention of, of West Australians with that Apprentices' Cup win, uh, not, to, not forgetting, not to mention the attention of Lindsay Smith, uh, who you still have an association with today, but also from that, um, I guess lots of West Australians tracked your career and then you, you actually your first Group 1 win, I believe, was in Western Australia in the 2006 Kingston Town Classic. So you do have Perth and West Australia um, seems like it's been a really happy hunting ground for you and it's just interesting that, you know, later on in your career that you've decided that you decided to to move across the other side of the country to set up shop in, in Western Australia. What, what, what were some of the things that drew you over here and um, and led you to believe that this was the the right place for you and your career and your family. Yeah, well, it's just um, as, as you stated, like I, I've just always had success when I have come over, and um, obviously, um, old Cobble was, was was awesome winning the Apprentices Cup, <laughs> but actually, you had another ride on the day as well, Smith, which is Jethro's Hole. Um, yes, it was a, the um, Apprentices Challenge race, and we won that as well. And um, and then coming over with Nick Nero, um, first Group One winner was. You know, look, you just um, can't, you know, even just Nash, um, the older brother, was, was the reason why I got the ride. Um, and and then sort of since then, you know, I've come over, I've been second on the, the Perth Cup and I won the, the derby on Chateau's, um with the last year it was a group one before it was brought back to a group two. Um, and, yeah, it was, you know, it's, uh, oh, the weather's always... Pretty fantastic, even though the last few months have been uh, a little bit, bit like Melbourne with the rain. But um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's just a great lifestyle here as well. And, and um, yeah, I'm not getting any younger, but um, yeah, being able to you know have more time with the family is just is really important. It's um, the stage of life I am now. It's uh, back at home. You're sort of racing every day, and you, you know, obviously see the kids in the, in the morning before they go to school, but I'd come home and see, see, see him again, but I'm going off to the sauna because he's racing the next day. And uh, yeah, and, and you know now it's you know just it's, like, it's more or less like a working holiday, twenty four seven for myself. So yeah, we're loving it. Brad, the you know post the when you obviously when you were learning your craft and and building your profile in Victoria, 
it always from afar anyway watching your your career it felt like you're always sort of weight was always a challenge but there was no doubt that you're always able to to chalk up a heap of winners and there was a long time there where you were banking you know you know lots and lots of winners especially in the provincial area of of victoria teaming up with with a, a younger darren weir in those days and you guys just seemed to um to dominate um especially especially just outside the uh the metropolitan area but um coming to perth in in 06 and winning your first group one it felt like that was a real turning point in in, in your career you can correct me if i'm wrong because it wasn't it was only you know less than a year later that you were able to team up with a, a horse by the name of weekend hustler now another, a lot of our uh, listeners are um yeah sort of younger generation newcomers to to the game but um you know in 2007 2008 weekend hustler was you know just about the best turf horse in the world what what was what was that like uh f- finding your champion you won seven group ones on him um, what was it like stumbling into that relationship with the McDonald's and, and Weekend Hustler and the ride that he took you on? Yeah, well, it was just, um, another story in life, more or less. It was funny that 12 months earlier um, than winning on Nick Nero, um, as, as you stated, I was um, a country jockey, but I had a, uh, an injury in a barrier mishap at morning from one day, uh, sort of back in August, and, and it wasn't anything that worried me um, to ride. It was no pain to ride, but I couldn't run. And I literally couldn't run more than 500 metres. I'm, I'm a big runner and mm-hmm. it's always been part of me getting weight. And uh, six months later, I, I just had become such a grind that um, I was struggling and, and my weight had really ballooned like where um, I had to get off the ride at Vanilla one day, 59 and a half, because I couldn't make the weight. And um, I pretty much said to the stewards on the day that um, you're better off suspending me because um, I can't afford to um, define and, and pretty much I was given a what given it away and, and uh, I got onto a, a guy, um, Pat Allen, that um, actually was just on the fleeting chance. It was a three-hour drive to Donald um, to, to see him and he um, sort of worked on nerves and, and um, in his foot and Funnily enough, he said, oh, this is good news, I reckon we can help you. And, and the next day I went for a run, I ran 5K. And lo um, well and behold, I started just sort of running and, and I went from being organised to go over the jump um, to thinking you know, I'll give it one more go. <laughs> You've got to be a jump trotter. I was going to go over the jump, but that was a jump shot. <laughs> and, um, and it's not something I was always sort of wanting to do is ride over the jump. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, I just thought I'll give it one more go and, and um, yeah, really sort of kicked on again and, and um, yeah, wrote 100 winners. You know, I've actually, you know, from when I come out of my time, I've written 100 winners sort of every, every season um, for 10 years and, and um, yeah, and then the opportunity to come up with Nick Nero and, and, um, and, and winning that was, you know, just all of a sudden you're, you're a group one winning rider and sort of turned on another level and um, the following April uh, won, won the Adelaide Derby um, on Laser Sharp and, and then from there just again you know with McDonald's I uh, had never really ridden for actually I had never ridden for the McDonald's tables at all and um, I just happened to be at the front of Maui one day and um, and, and Clinton McDonald just uh, comes up to me and 
said, well, what is it? You ride more winners than anyone in the day because I'd, I'd bring the 150 winners, I think, for the season or something, and um, one leading ride five of Australia. And um, he said, you can't, you can't get a ride in town. And I said, oh, look, it's, you know, it always struggles with me weight. And I do my best, but um, this is what it is. I'm a country jockey, you know, more or less. And, <laughs> um, I'm happy riding winners, you know. And, and funnily enough, this, the next week they had a ride for me at Wangaratta, which um, one by five lengths, and I had five... Six rides for him in the next month, um, five and one, and the other ride ran second, which was a 2,000 metre or so stuff. And um, then they they offered me the ride on week and after. They said, uh, um, Chris Simons, no, well, you can't get a rider that can commit to the guineas, and we think he's that good, so um, can you ride him all the way through to the guineas? And I said, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, the rest of history, we. Um, Oh, he was just a, a horse that, to me, is an absolute was an absolute freak. He was like black caviar, like wink, like he was the best miler in the world. When he had a mile, like I, I just don't think um, I knew a horse that could beat him. You know, and he was um, as much as he won a new mark and Oakley Plate because he was that good at a mile. He was just yeah, I'm stopping. Incredible horse, wasn't he? I mean, I remember the first day that you you rode him in a race. Was at Sandown and you? It was just like <laughs> it was like he was racing Shetland ponies that day, wasn't it? He, he, I can't, I couldn't tell you how far he won by, but I don't think the other horses were, were in the screen. And then, yeah, well, that day he won by seven or eight, and, and um, we they had a very substantial bet on him, and, and so he's sort of riding um, for the punt to make sure nothing goes wrong. And, and <laughs> um, there was a horse called Simplest in it, of Lloyd Williams's. Um, which was, you know, they um, virtually sort of fighting for, for favoritism. And, um, but um, what I loved that day when I was straight there and, you know, I was riding right up on the speed to make sure, like I said, make sure nothing gets in his way and, and he gave me a kick down three. And at the furlong, just again, just to make sure that he got the job done, I gave him a backhand of, um, and he found another three. And that just doesn't happen. You know, he literally was, it just blew my mind how um, he done it and the horse single friend second and won its next six, six starts. Um, yeah, he, he just was, was like I say, he was a horse that was um, like nothing I've, I've ridden before. I can imagine. I mean, two starts after that, win at Sandown, he won a Caulfield Guineas over a mile, came back to win the Group 1 Coolmore down the Flemington Strait, six, returned as an autumn three-year-old, he won the Oakley Plate first up, won a Newmarket, at Flemington again, went to Randwick, won a Randwick Guineas over a mile, won the George Ryder at Wafer 8, <laughs> unbelievable, um, uh, yeah, at Rose Hill, and then uh, he came back for a uh, for a spring campaign, won a Memsey, won a Maccabi Diva, and then remarkably, I think one of his great wins, he stretched him out to 1,800 metres and he, he won the Underwood um, before um, he embarked on a, on an unsuccessful, ultimately unsuccessful Caulfield Cup campaign. Yeah, well, he, he's running the Underwood with um, Pompey Ruler and Maldivian. Like, um, they, they more or less tried to outstay him and, and um, yeah, he was still able to win. So that's, that's sort of why the Caulfield Cup was still on, on the radar. And, and then his next start was the Turnbull Stakes and, and um, we drew the second outside gate. And, um, and it's just, yeah, uh, he virtually made three runs in the race. So I, I jumped well and as he always done, he could 
sort of make make a spot anywhere. And and um, Tuesday Joy was going in, inside me and drive up inside me to hold me out. So I just thought, oh, I'll sweat. I'll come back and go behind her. And then as we go into the first corner, he then checked back to sort of stay out anyway. I mean, to be anyway, and took me out four or five wide in the first corner. Um, and like I say, he ended up making sure it just wasn't a guide whether he ran the trip in hindsight. Yes, it absolutely, you probably should have probably stopped there, but he, um, you know, he, he still ran a good race in the Caulfield Cup, but obviously didn't stay the 2,400 metres. And, and um, yeah, and then the next 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 preparation, he uh, he broke down and, and uh, yeah, we weren't, weren't able to see the best of him from there. Seven group ones you went on that horse, Brad. So... You probably think when a freak like that comes along that, um, you know, it's kind of the pinnacle of your career. But then, um, you know, uh, six or seven years later, you uh, team up with a horse by the name of Black Art Bar, another unbelievable, another West Australian connection as well through the uh, through the ownership there. And um, he took you on a hell of a ride as well. Six group ones. Um, yeah, just uh, oh, just competed yeah, at, the, at the top of the tree for so long. Yeah, and even he's... he's um First year riding in Marta, run second in a new Marta that he didn't ride in that day. And uh, but we, we look, he was the best sprinter for, for twelve months uh, at fourteen hundred meters of Caulfield. Like it, it was just they, they couldn't beat him. And um, and then you know this is just where where it sort of blows your mind again was that he they re- he ended up being retired. Um, he was having feet trouble and. Um, and then in sort of that, that time, I had a bad fall, broke my neck, and about six months, and um, yeah, and it just, just seemed like it was, um, I guess you could say, meant to be, but to, to think, you know, he'd come back from re- retirement and himself coming back from, um, you know, breaking my neck and being out six months, we, we were able to combine to win the Underwood, and, and that, that, you know, just was, oh, just something that was just so special to, to um, do it with the old boy was was, um, was pretty awesome. I bet, and we, you know, the story just continues to roll on for Brad Willow, doesn't it? I mean, like weekend hustler into Blackheart Bar, break your neck, come back, win on Blackheart Bar again, decide to move across the country, and all of a sudden you, you stumble <laughs> once again into <laughs> onto the back of a, a bloody good horse in Elite Street. It's just just remarkable how the racing game, the ups and downs, and all of a sudden uh, Brad Willow's back on top again. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, the highs and lows can be, I mean, the highs in, in racing can be just, uh, you know, um, a dream for any person, you know, and, uh, um, but uh, yeah, the lows certainly, um, I, I, I certainly look back and know that I've earned any, any sense that I have, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and then so in, you know, uh, winning the Caulfield Cup of, of Bart Cummings, um, you know, a legend of absolute, Will never be forgotten. Um, and and um, feeling ready when winning the Golden Clipper was, um, you know, the richest two-year-old race in the world. And and um, yeah, to sort of be able to say that I've won, won two majors as well was um, yeah, it's been an incredible um, career. What what still keeps you going, Brad? The the good horses, the the lifestyle, the the um, the, the competition, um, or you just love being a jockey. Oh, I, just, I love, love being a jockey, but love love horses. I, mm. I just can't see myself um, doing anything else. I'm, 
doesn't play as well back himself. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there's much, much, um, much, much else I can do that um, I can be good at. So, uh, no, I, 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 I love it. Um, and, um, you know, when, when your whole family's in racing, it's, um, it's just, uh, I don't know any different. One last question for you. You've been um, competing at the, the highest level for a long period of time, especially like, you know, we're, from a West Australian point of view, especially what we consider the, um, you know, the main stage in Victoria and, and, and or Melbourne and Sydney, um, you know, the, the top echelon. What, what is it? Do you miss the, the Melbourne Spring Carnival or the Sydney Autumn or what's it like being in Perth, um, you know, I guess watching your brother, watching all, all your contemporaries ride at that level or, and what's, what's, what's it like for Brad Wheeler watching the, you know, the Caulfield Cup Carnival or the Melbourne Cup Carnival? Do you, do you miss it? Yeah, that's a good question I hadn't even really thought of. Um, I, I absolutely, um, at, at, at times, you know, we would have thought it'd be great to be riding, you know, in, in the spring carnival and, um, yeah, I've loved watching that. Nash is just in, in his last six months, uh, just how he's riding, just been incredible. And and uh, but I, I had I just haven't even let it come into my mind that mm. regret. You know, I've um, this is what I want, and uh, like I say, because uh, my family's doing so well here and your kids. Um, but uh, you know, it's yeah, I don't like to live in regret, and, and, and definitely there's no regret. Coming here, you know, I think the move's been been um, successful, and and yeah, uh, we we we're, we're you know down to stage for the long haul. We're loving it. So, you never know, um, you're right. No, you no point worried about what could have been, could have been, or whatever. This is this is what we've made. Yeah, well, you've had a mighty, mighty, mighty career, and you never know. Elite Street might be <laughs> might be the sort of horse that takes you back over there, Brad. So, um, just quickly, um, I did say one last question before. Your nephew Campbell, um, he's apprentice jockey over in Victoria. What? Um, how's he tracking? Um, what sort of kid is he, and uh, what's his future look like? Oh, look, he's just a great, great kid. He's um, um, very grounded and. Um, Driven and um, yes, he's, you know, like he's he's a great talker. He's very, um, uh, you know, um, good at what he does, you know. But it's it just um, he, he's sort of just going through that uh, uh, hard age where your body's trying to grow and he's kind of, uh, you know, you're having to work hard, really hard on your weight, so. Sort of has been tough the last few months, but um, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll keep punching, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, he, you know, he can, he can stick around for, for a few more years yet. You know, he's, um, he's like I say, he's a good rider and, and being an asset to anyone that um, puts him on. Brad, thanks again for coming on the one one. Uh, selfishly, it's um, I, I just love the fact that you you're riding here in in Western Australia, a 25 time Group One winning jockey. Uh, taking on the likes of our, our guys like Pike and Parnham and, and now Clint Johnston Porter, among others, and you've added a real another dimension to to the riding ranks. And um, and as a as a WA Racing fan and and uh, supporter, it's you know tremendous to have someone of your quality um, riding over here consistently day in day out in Western Australia. So uh, thanks again for um, 
for making WA home. And uh, yeah, from everyone here at the One One, we just wish you the best of luck striving for that 26th Group One aboard uh, Elite Street on Saturday. Ah, thank you, Neil, and yeah, um, appreciate everyone's support. It's uh, certainly made the transition easy. Thanks, Brad. All the best. Cheers.